0: Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Webmasterradio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I am your
1: host, Maria Retan, and it's great to be here today, and I'm so glad you could be here too. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern, and you're going to learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. In fact, 82% of all the spending, the woman, of course. Well, first up a little bit, talk about the economy. I think we've all been feeling the pinch. We all know it's a tough uh, economic climate that we're working in these days. It's harder than ever to woo and win a customer over. Well... So new stats from the National Retail Federation is forecasting 3.5% growth in retail sales for 2008. Now, that's going to mean it's a sluggish first half, which I think we have all can relate to. If you're sitting out there and you have your own company, you're in retail, you know what I mean. It's, it's been pretty bad. But according to the NRF, it is going to be stronger sales in the third and fourth quarters. So they are expecting a surge the last half of the year. And really what shoppers are trying to do is to pay down debt and spend a little bit more in line with income growth. So they're not overspending. They want to make sure that they have the money in hand. And they're really approaching discretionary purchases with a little bit of restraint. I think we can all argue that Americans don't show a lot of restraint. If you look at our consumer debt, you can say for sure that we don't have a lot of uh, restraint when it comes to spending. But it sounds like these days that consumers more and more are putting off those discretionary purchases until maybe later in the year. Um, So they've become a lot more practical of a consumer. And in fact, um, I thought this was an interesting tidbit, that a lot of consumers are actually being more strategic when they're going on their shopping trips. They are combining shopping trips uh, with eating out less and staying home more. And in fact, they're staying around their home a little bit more. They don't want to get in the car and have to go to a lot of different stores to shop in because that means they're spending more of their gas. So they're actually shopping more at super centers or mega stores or big big box stores that have more than one item that they might need. In fact, 27% of consumers are reacting to gas prices this way. So the top challenges for retailers is that you're going to have to cozy up to your customers like never before. You want them to become your their best friend, your best friend friend. Um, And that means that you're going to have to merge and synchronize all channels of your messaging, whether it be online, in-store, with the creativity of your promotions, your loyalty programs, fulfillment, everything. You're going to have to just really encompass the consumer. Well, interestingly enough, uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about the Kate Spade Shopper. Um, You know, those of you who listen regularly know that I like to take a deep dive into our demos each and every week and kind of keep consistent with the theme of the week. Well, today We are talking about shopping if you haven't picked up on that. And the Kate Spade shopper is about a thirty five year old mom of three. She's the average household income out there about sixty K and she does uh work somewhat outside the home. About 34% of them stay home full-time, and uh, they do own their home. And they're they're very fashion-aware. They want to be unique. They're optimistic about life. They like novelty and change, but not at the cost of their kids. They're really into their kids. They find it very difficult to say no to them. And especially when it comes to those non-essentials that we've been talking about, they find it very hard to say no to the kids when they want something that's non-discretionary. So where are they shopping? Well, you can find these women at Macy's, Nordstrom's, Old Navy, Pottery Barn, Gap, Crate and Barrel, uh, places like that. Um, they're, they're driving around town in their Volkswagen's, their Toyotas and their Chrysler's. And maybe these days they're, they're driving around in their Priuses. I don't know. I would be, um, they're shopping also for cosmetics like Mary Kay, Clinique, Neutrogena, um, Almay. And when it comes to designers, yep, they're out there buying Kate Spade, hence the name, the Kate Spade shopper, but also Ann Taylor, uh, Calvin Klein and Liz Claiborne. Now, where can you find this woman? Well, if you're a retailer um, or you're someone who wants to get your goods and services in front of this very appetizing woman, then you're going to want to be um, checking out publications like Cosmo, Parenting in Style. Marie Claire, Glamour, Better Homes and Gardens. She's watching E!, Lifetime, TLC, Oxygen, and HGTV. And she's also watching Entertainment Tonight, Survivor, Trading Places, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. And she's spending quite a bit of time online. She's on MySpace.com, Amazon.com, Disney.com, because remember, she has three kids at home, eBay, uh, iVillage, um, places like that. So this is a woman who she does have some money to spend. She is willing to spend it. She is having a hard time saying no to her kids. And in light of what's been going on in the economy, we know that these women tend to not have a ton of discretionary income, so they're going to be choosy. And that means as retailers, you're really going to have to embrace this woman as never before. Well, when it comes to embracing what this guest calls the toughest customer, she knows how to do it. My guest for the program today is Delia Passi. She's a nationally recognized sales and marketing expert and president of her own company called Medelia Inc and the founder of Women Certified, which uh, Delia will talk about a little bit later on. She's released a book called Winning the Toughest Customer, The Essential Guide to Selling to Women. And I have to tell you, I have read the book, and it is amazing for anyone who's in sales, anyone who um, has a shingle out over a, a building and wants to sell goods and products to a woman, you need to read this because it's about how women and companies can get together and really make some great things happen. In fact, Delia has trained thousands of sales reps to sell more effectively to women through her own series of sales training programs. She's worked with companies like Washington Mutual, Harley-Davidson, Home Depot, Xerox, Sears, UPS, you name it. And on top of that... She's the former VP of Working Woman Network and group publisher of Working Woman and Working Mother Magazines. Oh, I'm, I'm exhausted already. I don't know how she finds enough time in the day. But anyway, you can see why I'm so excited to have Delia Passi on the program today. She's going to share how your company can capture more share of women, and that's what we need in this day of age, if nothing else. So stick around. More purse strings when we come back.
0: Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. First strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers.
1: Bruce Clay, Bruce Clay. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily SearchCast. You know, we love bringing
0: you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning.
1: Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart. he had been out there with the code of ethics. He's been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over ten years, offices worldwide. They've got answers you need. Check them out today at bruceclay.com. Bruce
0: Clay Incorporated.
2: We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com.
0: The Hook. Peggy Conlon, President and CEO of the Ad Council. What are your hopes for its growth and future? Seeing already, you know, a shift over to the Internet. In the last 12 months, we've had almost a half a million uh, YouTube views of our campaign. We're working with all of the great folks in the agency business that are mastering how you make a campaign interactive and relevant. It's not going to be a cookie-cutter approach. It's going to be different depending on the issue and depending on who the target audience is.
2: The Hook. Live broadcast, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. East. 11 a.m. Pacific or on demand anytime inside the advertising
0: channel only on webmasterradio.fm watch out for the vampires enter the communications coven that is webmasterradio.fm now on facebook myspace and twitter visit the webmasterradio.fm homepage for all the details her strings is back with the inside track on today's woman here's your host maria retan And welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me now is Delia Passi, President and
1: CEO of Medelia Communications. Delia, I have to tell you, it is such a pleasure to have you
2: on the program today. Well, thank you, Maria. It's really uh, my pleasure to be a part of this wonderful program.
1: Well, I, you know, the first time I ever heard you speak uh, was actually at last year's Marketing and Women Conference in Chicago, and I talk about this conference quite a bit on the program because I've been fortunate enough to have quite a few of the speakers from last year on the show, and I tell you, I just was blown away because you were talking about Uh, your book, Winning the Toughest Customer. And actually, that's where I got a copy of your book. Mm -hmm. And um, I just felt like what you had to share was so relevant to many of my clients, and especially those people who are in the sales profession. Um, And the insights that you had to share, I just thought thought were fascinating. So I'm, I'm really tickled that you could be here because you really do know that there are distinct differences between how men are shopping and how women are shopping. Can
2: you talk a little bit about what makes us so different? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'd like to share a little personal story of how I got here. I think uh, anyone in sales will appreciate this. I started (laughs) out at Xerox right out of college, and um, I was selling to small to mid-sized business owners, and they were all men in the 80s. So I only sold for men, and I became one of their top producers. And then I uh, decided to do a career change, um, spent a couple years at home uh, having a couple babies, and uh, and then I um, went off and uh, went into a to- totally different industry, uh, publishing. And I'll never uh-huh. forget when somebody said to me, uh, you know, I'd love you to be our publisher, and I turned to them and said, what the heck does a publisher do? And they said, a publisher sells. And I said, well, that I know I can do. So I went into the media industry and Um, I was not doing very well with my sales. I was uh, really banging my head against the wall saying, what happened to me? Maybe I need to go back to Xerox or do something else. And then I realized, you know, when you could sell, you could sell anything to anyone. And I knew I was good at it, but there was something that changed dramatically. And I didn't think it was me too much. Um, So I said, what could it be? And I realized for the first time, I had to admit that my customer changed. They weren't men anymore. I was selling to men all the time. Now I was selling to women all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know in ad agencies, you have one, and, uh, and you know, in PR firms, and, uh, you know, and, and people headed up their women's strategies and corporations. They were all women. So I realized that all this fabulous training that I received – didn't really prepare me for what I was, what I experienced, which was a totally different sales process. Mm-hmm. So once I reinvented my, my thought process there and came to terms with that, I started to excel and then became the publisher of Working Woman and Working Mother and trained my sales staff. And interestingly enough, um, the first year after my training, uh, we actually uh, were up in sales and we were written all over the place because we turned that magazine around and it really was just because we made we created an appreciation of the differences uh, you know between men and women shopping
1: and you wouldn't have known that if you hadn't been out there in the trenches yourself trying to do it and not and not doing very well and wondering what the heck am I doing wrong Mm -hmm. but you were intuitive enough to realize
2: your customer changed. And, you know, I think, you know, it's it's foolish for us if we're a woman who's listening here to think that we got it and we know it um, because, you know, anyone who's, who's been out there enough can tell you that um, you need to be a chameleon. You need to be able to, you know, in Rome do as the Romans do. And, and when I'm with men, I take a little bit more of a masculinized approach to my sales process, with women a little bit more of a feminine approach to my my sales process. But basically, um, you know, I'm treating them the way they want to be treated um, and treating them... Uh, in in the process in which they are most comfortable making that decision. And you obviously had extreme success, 42%. That's unbelievable.
1: But the bottom line is, though, that there are really differences. What
2: makes us so incredibly different? Well, it's very interesting. We did a, um, a study, and, you know, I've been saying this for so many years, as you can imagine. Since uh, the mid-'90s, I've been saying, hey, you know, there's a big difference. We need to recognize this in our sales process. And people would just shake their hand and go, what's really the difference between men and women? And I'd say, you know, <laughs> men and women actually, you know, when be, it's really funny when people actually ask you that, you know. and
1: <laughs> just go, okay. It's like, you know, okay, I like, you know that, women are from Mars or men from Venus or opposite. I guess it's the opposite way. But we know there's differences, but we
2: think that there's some secret
1: bullet or something there.
2: Exactly, but you know what I, I say, and I think people get very comfortable with this, is and you know what, in, in the end of it, the short of it, I should say, men and women actually do want the same things, only women want more of it. So, you know, she tends to, to want... And actually, she needs more eye contact. She tends to like a relationship, but she really wants a relationship. You know, I can go on and on. But um, we did a very interesting study um, with the Wharton School back in November. And I did this. I teamed up with the Wharton School um, because – I knew that I needed that level of credibility for another major brand, a respected educational brand, to go, no, 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 she's right. And the findings, um, the Verity Group actually um, conducted the survey, and the findings were very clear, and we named it, he buys, she shops. Okay? And mm-hmm. the study revealed just the fundamental shopping differences between the genders and as you can imagine, um, here's an example. When a man goes into shop, and Home Depot is one of our clients, so they're getting women certified. So when they go into shop, a man will go, and they kind of they already have a list in their mind. So let's go through the process with a man. First of all, he gets he gets annoyed when he has to park far away from the door. Interestingly enough, <laughs> his thing is I'm there to go in and out. I have a task. I got. Uh, he's very task oriented. He's very goal oriented. So he actually the, the discontent starts just in the parking lot with women. While well, sure we'd prefer the, the spot closer, we recognize that that's part of the shopping process. So we don't get as aggravated on that with that. Then we go into the store with a man. He pretty much knows what he wants and he's going to go for it. You know, it's kind of that hunter thing. And with women, we stop and, you know, how, what we do is we scan. You know, we start mm-hmm. scanning and we start looking around and thinking about all the other things we might want to pick up and should we look for this and should we look for that. And, oh, this is on sale. I mean, we had no intention of buying that, but, you know, we're, we're shopping. Women do that. We have this, you know, we have this ability to use a radar. It goes off and we, then that kind of kicks off an entirely different process in the, in the buying, you know, scheme.
1: And, you know, in your book, too, you talk a little bit about gender speak and, and how once, once salespeople are interacting, that they need to really be conscious of how they are interacting with women. You, you mentioned a little bit about it just a few minutes ago about eye contact and things like that. But there's, there's a myriad of things that
2: people just need to be aware of when speaking to women and addressing women, Correct. Right, uh, you know, I always say buying begins before hello. We do eighty um, percent of our buying non-verbally. Um, we make most of our decisions um, from a lot of the cues that we get from people and the environment. So um, it's very interesting. There was a study done with a major retailer, and women walked out of the store going, "Oh, that was a I I would rate that as a good buying experience." And and half of the women never came in contact with a salesperson. So. So much of it is the experience that we have, you know, with or without human contact. Um, so what I'm, what I'm getting at is that the details matter to women. So when you're talking to women, you know, understand that, you know, even before the handshake and even before the eye contact, those things have to be kind of the baseline for, for your success. Then when you're talking about speaking to women, um, yes, there is definitely a gender difference in our communication process. You know, women speak three times as many words as men do a day. Um, that's been documented over and over again um, and what we do is we add more adjectives and we um, you know and, and we more than nouns so we're we're really if you listen to women speak we're very good at being descriptive um, the other thing too about women is that uh we we speak to um, be more collaborative collaborative in our communication style uh we're very um, relationship focused uh we like the input of others so we'll stop and we'll walk out of a dressing room and we'll go to a total stranger and go oh what do you think and you know and we're looking for that <laughs> buy you know <laughs> exactly well you know men are sitting in the chair and everything you walk out with fine you know i mean like they have no They men. When was the last time you saw a man walk out of a dressing room, go to like three men in the you know around and and say, "Oh, what do you think?" You know, they just don't do those things. You know, it's like us when we get to where where, I make people laugh because one thing that women look for, like in restaurants, is you know uh, cleanliness is very important to them, and nice bathrooms rank really high in satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And and you know we're we're so good about those things. Women will be at a table with each other and they'll go. Uh, would you like to go to the, do you need to go to the bathroom? You want to come with me? I, I mean, when was the last time you heard a man go to this guy at the guy you know, sitting next to him? Hey, I have to go to the bathroom. You want to join me? You know, <laughs> just don't right. do that. Without warning bells going
1: off. Right.
2: Ex- exactly. But we, we do. And when we do, we, you know, we make best friends in bathrooms and in dressing rooms. I mean, you know, we are just a little bit more of that relationship building uh, species who just likes the connection that we make through communication um, and we look for it we gather through our language and where men are more um, goal-oriented uh, they are they kind of speak to attain a goal um, to get news information uh, whereas uh, women will have a much more elongated conversation so for example let's say Joan is, is Leaving the company, uh, John might pass her in the hallway and go, uh, "Joan, hey, I, I heard you're you're relocating. Listen, good luck. You know, say hi to your husband and, and best of luck." Whereas a woman will stop and go, "Hey, Joan, I heard you're you're leaving. You're you're relocating," and she'll say, "Yeah, I'm. You know, moving." So, so tell me, you know, did you find a house? Did you, you know? And the next thing you know, you go into a whole. Co- you see this whole conversation happening because women are gathering that information, and it's their way of processing that and building that relationship. For, Versus, could you, you know, women typically wouldn't go, oh, Joan, you're relocating. Hey, good luck, and walk away. You mm-hmm. see the difference? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Huge difference. And and what you said before about there being
1: subtle, um, women pick up on these subtleties. They do it in their conversations with other women and, and other people, but they also pick up on it when they walk into a store and they... You know they see the dirty bathroom or they they right. see uh, food on the floor or they uh your paint's chipping or i mean and they 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 pick up on all of that and that tells them something about your business doesn't it and and the right. other thing too is I think that that they may be walking into that store having heard something distinctive about it, maybe it's you know a girlfriend told them about it, or they saw an ad or they, a flyer came to their home, and, and they already have in their mind what should be going on when they hit the store, but there could be a huge
2: disconnect once they get there. Could you talk a little bit about that, too? Well, you know, among the top problems that female shoppers experience is a lack of help when, when it's needed. So women go to a store with, like you said, a preconceived idea of what they want in the buying process. Wonderman did a great study years ago with 10,000 um, shoppers, and what they found was that, and to them, this was compelling. Um, to us, we knew it, um, but it was great to see it in print. That, you know, women not only want the brand to do what it does for them, but also the, it needs the brand to treat her the way she wants to be treated. Mm-hmm. So she already has, she, you're absolutely right, she has what she called shared values she pretty much knows what she expects. So if she goes into a supermarket, you know, we kind of have this experience already in mind, you know, what we expect it to be. Uh, when she has a better shopping experience, suddenly that place is going to do extremely well and she's going to she's going to be very loyal to it. I look at what happened in my own neighborhood with Whole Foods. We have a Publix right next to a Whole Foods. And, um, you know, you go to Publix and you have this very traditional shopping experience at Publix, you know, and it's fine, it's neat, but it's, Nothing that you look, you know, go back and tell your friends about. But yet everybody talks about the experiences they have at Whole Foods. Um, mm-hmm. and that's because it goes, it, it not only meets her, her needs, but it exceeds her expectations. And that's what she's looking for. I mean, I went in this weekend, and there was, you know, a, a small three-piece band inside the store playing <laughs> this great folk music, and we were, you know, everyone was having a great time. You don't, you were delighted that. And, and surprised by that. You didn't have an expectation of it, even that exactly. was something that was completely out of the ordinary. So it had exceeded my. So you know, but lack of um, one of the top problems, as I mentioned before, is when they go into a store, they do expect, and if they get things like a greeter. That really scores high points for them. If, they, um, if they're walking around and they need help, they do expect somebody to give them attention. N- nothing bothers her more than when she gets somebody who just points and says, "Oh, oh, down there. She really appreciates when people will take the time to walk her, show her, demonstrate maybe how the product works, educate her on the product a little bit, give her attention, don't get distracted when you're with her. Um, you know, those are key uh, sales and customer service experiences that will allow her to feel good enough about your brand to tell others. Because if there's one thing you do want to do, and that is you want her to sing your praises, she will refer a company twice as many times as a man will. So um, you definitely need to get that going. You have to trigger that referral machine. And once that thing gets turned on, it does not turn off easy.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's to your point, it can be a good referral. It can be a bad referral. You know, right. And that's what you don't want. You don't want someone spreading the bad stuff. And you, know, you talk a little bit, too, about um, closing a sale. And you even talked about in the book about you don't really close a sale with a woman. You know, you, you want to leave her feeling good and feeling like she's been empowered, an empowered part of the decision-making process. So, you know, that might mean, I think you said, you know, forget the, the, the high-pressure tactics, things like that. How do you, if you're there and the woman's come in and she's come in and she, you're helping her on the sales floor and you're trying to, to get her to purchase something,
2: you know, describe what that experience might be from a positive standpoint with a woman. Mm-hmm. I will. And you know what? I, I will go into very general uh, ideas here. There's a seven-step process, and I'll go into that. But keep in mind in the book, Winning the Toughest Customer, it not only gives you the sales process, it also gives you a checklist of everything that has to happen throughout this process. So I, I do um, encourage That's you right. to get that. Leading up to that point, exactly. Right. But, you know, think about the encounter, okay? The first thing you always have to do, there are seven steps. To, to securing your business with women. The first one is the encounter, and that is, um, in sales, that's our job is to create a warm and welcoming encounter. And that could be anything from just, uh, you know, chit-chat and having a nice experience to having a receptionist who is warm and welcoming to having coffee in in your uh, lobby to, you know, having a female-friendly experience or in a dealership, having a, a children's center. I mean, when she walks in... Does she have that warm and welcomed experience even before you approach her? Then when you're with her, you know, do you smile? Do you give her a lot of eye contact? Do you shake her hand correctly? Do you sit her down and around a table instead of maybe across a desk? You know, do you make her feel engaged? And this is a process where she starts to determine whether I like this person because, you know, Mm -hmm. people do business with people they like. Um, The second step is the gathering information. This is where she does all the talking. This is where salespeople lose that all the time because they're so fixed on getting their information out to her to sell to her that they forget really what she needs to do is be heard. The number one reason why why women will walk um, is because they felt that they weren't listened to. So this gives you the opportunity to allow her to do the talking. So gathering information is her way of saying, am I being heard? And it's your way of capturing uh, the needs so this way you could then link that back later on in the sales process. Um, And gathering information, just for a cue for anybody who's in sales out there, should be all questions. You should not make a statement during that process. It should be just questions. Mm -hmm. Then the next is, the, is very important. Um, this most salespeople don't do. Um, and I, I remember even our training, no one really reinforced this, but this was re- critical. What Here's one of the differences that I found I had to do. With men, I captured the information, and then I would immediately kind of give them back their key sale points based on that conversation. With women, I had to go through this clarifying technique first. So here's a process where you have to clarify your understanding. So now you gathered all the information. Now you turn around and go, let me make sure I'm clear. And it gives Mm -hmm. you the process by which you identify what her important points are. And here's the difference between men and women. Men will tend to be more to the point during the gathering information. They don't want it. They don't spend as much time talking, so they're, they're going to be pretty clear with you. You know, this is the type of car I want, and I came in because, you know, here's the, whatever they want. They'll tell you, you know, how many doors, how many the color, they want everything from, you know, the engine to what it's supposed to perform. Where women will not only do that, but they'll also tell you about, you know, three kids, one on the way, you know, the That's two dogs, right. the soccer team, and the, they tell you these stories. And the, the mother now who might be in a wheelchair, why is she telling you all this? Because suddenly, her needs, she's trying to get you to assess what her needs are. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, um, you know, then from there, we go into sharing your knowledge. Now it's where you build trust. Everyone always says, oh, you know, they've got to trust you to buy from you. Sure, but how do you build trust? And we are, it, building trust is a process, but here's where you really start to cement that experience, and that's in where you become credible. You start really teaching them and empowering them with knowledge about your products. You're not just selling them something. You're becoming, you're creating a, um, an educated consumer, and they really appreciate that. That's her way of feeling um, that I could really trust this person. Then the other is the filling the need, which is how will this benefit me? So the next thing um, that we have that we must do is always link it back to their particular needs, and I think that's what... Was really important um, in the process that I found a little different when I started selling to women, is that here. Let's say you're a financial advisor. It's not just saying to them, "Well, do you see how this financial plan will provide you the fixed income to so that you can maintain your your lifestyle?" Mm-hmm. That yes, that makes sense, and that's how people typically close. But with women, it's, "Do you see Mary? How not only can this you know of uh, uh, this." this financial plan provides you the fixed income to, to maintain your lifestyle, but it'll allow you to take that trip every year to see your grandchildren and allow you to take that trip that you were telling me to Italy, because, you know, you want to go every summer and spend three weeks in Rome. Do you see right. how that would afford you that? Mm-hmm. Ah, now she starts to go, this person really gets me. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then the sixth step is, It's not. You're not closing her. You're coming to an agreement with women. If you push a hard close, she pushes back. So um, here's where you go, you know, uh, Mary, is there anything else I can do to help you make a decision today, or shall we move forward? Again, it's shall we move forward. So that's a closing technique, Mm -hmm. but it allows you to be collaborative in that process because women are very collaborative in the buying process. And then the final thing is when she says yes, and she will, if you go through the seven-step process correctly, then um, you will then have a commitment. You have a relationship with this person. Mm-hmm. And, oh, please do not ever let her down because uh, she values relationships more than men do, and um, and she, you will become one of her trusted uh, vendors, you know? Uh, and it is. It is
1: so relationship-oriented, and you really have to... Uh, take the time to do it, and it does take time, and I think that can be challenging for men to realize that this is not going to be a quick close. This is about making relationships, keeping a relationship, and meeting her uh, on those things that she values and to get a sense that you're sincere about that, and that that does take time. It takes listening skills, (laughs) And and it takes a myriad of other skills that... Really have to be developed, and we're almost out of time. But before we before we uh, wrap it up, I do want you to talk a little bit, just briefly, about how um, you've created this this program called Women Certified. Because I really think that what you just talked about that seven step process you've really brought all that together
2: under Women Certified. Can you just explain briefly about that? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, you know, Women Certified is a new hallmark seal of approval uh, for women seeking the best sales and service experience, so um, when uh, women will now have a better choice, and hopefully you'll be women, you know, all the companies out there will become women certified because they will have choices, and what women certified simply means is that a sales or service professional uh, has gone through the training, a certification program, which involves training to meet their needs in the buying and customer service process. Once they complete the training, they go for testing. And once they pass the test, they are now a women-certified professional. And that means a commitment to every month doing reinforcement training. So these are people who you want to do business with. And uh, brands and individuals um, carry the women-certified seal. So when you're looking for the next car, financial advisor, uh, you know, home improvement store, make sure, you know, that they're women-certified because it's, uh, it's it, they're telling you they value you as a customer enough to commit to uh, to meeting your needs and your standards. Fantastic. Just fantastic. And, and Elia, thank you
1: so much for being on. I, I feel like our 20 minutes has just gone by like wildfire. we <laughs> I appreciate it.
2: Yes, I appreciate it. And, and if you don't mind, I'd like to just share that anyone who wants more information on women certified, please just go to WomenCertified.com because it's a, it's a great new tool for anyone who wants to be better at selling to women and, uh, and, and make a commitment to them perfect and
1: I was also going to suggest people check out more about your company uh, and it's uh, MedeliaCommunications.com as well so you heard Delia WomenCertified.com if you want to know more about Delia's company check out MedeliaCommunications.com and you have to pick up the book Winning the Toughest Customer because it will change your life so Delia thank you so much I wish you the best of luck and Thank thanks, to you. George, for a fantastic show today, um, as always. Great job. Next week, um, I'm going to be speaking with Nan McCann, president of PME Enterprises, president and founder of Marketing to Mom and Marketing to Women Conferences. Um, Delia was a speaker last year. I think Delia is coming back again this year. Um, Jennifer McLean, the senior director of marketing with Glam Media, is also going to be on next week. Her organization is sponsoring this year's conference, which is going to be in Chicago, May 8th and 9th. Nan and Jennifer are going to be on talking about the latest trends in marketing to women and some of the great, exciting things that you can expect coming up in May at the conference. So be sure and join me next Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time, right here on Purse Strings. Until then, I really appreciate you joining me today. Have a great one.